Uh, first thing I want to talk about is Coinbase. Um, big IPO this week. If you, the only way you didn't hear about it is if you were like out backpacking in the woods for the whole week and weren't checking Twitter uh, because it's been all over the news. Uh, what, what's the market cap? 100 billion, either side of 100 billion. Um, just crazy stuff. So Todd, f- fill us in a little bit on, on what's been going on with Coinbase. Yeah, remember this was a direct listing, Joe, so it wasn't a traditional IPO, but they did set a reference price, and that reference price they set was for 250 It's kind of a ridiculous, There's reference price is kind of a ridiculous figure. I mean, with IPOs, usually when you're on a roadshow, you're kind of getting a feel for where to price it based on your conversations with the big investors, because obviously we don't line up the big investors um, to make sure that you have a successful IPO launch. So I think with the with the direct list, you're you're basically um, it's a little bit maybe there's a little bit more guesswork there uh, as far as setting whatever price it may go public at. There were rumors that this thing could go public at you know 100 billion plus in market cap. Um, I don't think we're quite there. That we're probably a little bit below that at this point. Um, but sure enough, well above well above the reference price. We traded over 400 when it first started trading like one o'clock that afternoon. Amazing. Uh, earlier this week, um, you know 150 dollars higher than that so-called reference point that they had set for it going into it and then of course it just you know that was but there was so much gamesmanship in that joe i i don't know i mean maybe you can give i know that you you know you you and i have talked briefly about crypto in the past but maybe you can give a quick overview of your take on you know what's coinbase what is it sure so actually i could just open it up on my phone right now and kind of kind of show you guys what it looks like so it's it's really I, I would I would call it it's it's Robin Hood for cryptocurrency. So anybody can create an account. It's super easy to do. This is what the interface looks like. If you can see that, um, if you're on YouTube and you can see that. So there are I think 60 or 70 different cryptos that you can trade. So you know the big ones: uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Ethereum, Ripple, uh, Litecoin. Interestingly, I found out that. Uh, Dogecoin is not traded on Coinbase, which is a real bummer because Dogecoin is up, like it's been up 100% three days in a row now, I think. It's up 118% in the past 24 hours. Anyway, getting sidetracked. Um, so yeah, I, the best way I could describe Coinbase is Robinhood for cryptos. Um, they have not not been under the same scrutiny as Robinhood has in the past couple of months, luckily. Um, and so they've really, they're, they're considered the, the, the front runner, the market leader in, in cryptocurrency trading. They're the leading cryptocurrency trading platform. So certainly um, they have that first mover advantage. Um, they have, I don't know how many users they have off the top of my head. I'm sure it's at least in the tens of millions. And there is billions and billions of dollars being traded on their platform on a daily basis. So certainly something to watch going forward. I've heard just some insane projections as to what Bitcoin's going to do in the next six months to a year. Um, I've yeah, heard I've in. heard 200,000. Todd, yeah, yeah go ahead. Jump in real quick on that because I just, I pulled up prior to the our conversation today, just the latest this is from CNBC that, that was posted, I don't know, a few days ago, earlier this month, leading up to the IPO. The company says that they're, wow. The company first, is in Coinbase? Coinbase, yeah. yeah. Their first quarter 
Yeah, fourth quarter revenue climbed more than ninefold year over year to 1.8 billion with a B, so billion, almost 2 billion in the quarter, and that their net income jumped to at least 730 million. Wow. From 32 million a year before. That is quite the margin. So you start talking about, okay, well, is Coinbase worth 80 billion? Is it worth 60 billion? Is it worth 100 billion? The question, I mean, if you look, if you extrapolate growth and where we are now at an 8 billion, that's not crazy price to sales. Yep. And the fact that they're, you know, generating a 730 million, that's almost a 3 billion in, uh, in net income annualized. It's not insane pricing for a high growth company. Yeah, it's um, it's in, it's inflated for sure, but it's not as inflated as as some of the others that we've seen recently. Like the the first one that comes to mind is is Snowflake, which was just outrageously priced. Right, um, right, yeah. And you know what's weird about that too is people are like, "How do you think about Coinbase, Todd?" And I was like, "Oh, well, it's a trading platform, like you said." And then I was like, "Or is it an exchange? Or is it a custody?" Uh, a custody company, like a clearinghouse. Yeah, I mean, because because it's got it's it's actually got its toes dipped in a lot of different things when it it's you know across that life cycle. It's you know I mean with equities you've got the New York Stock Exchange, the Nasdaq has their own entities, right? Or you've got the with commodities you got the CBOE or the CME or you've got ICE, you've got all these other exchanges, right? And then you have you know the trading platforms that allow the transaction to occur, like a Robinhood, right? Uh, and then, of course, you've got, you know, okay, well, I can keep maintain my assets here. Um, and, you know, there's, there's different, there's a pro platform where, I mean, the big complaint right now is, yeah, but the, all those are about fees, Todd, right? The fees are so high. And isn't it likely that we're going to see fee compression, right? Um, so as more people are trading crypto and more platforms start to allow crypto on it, won't it just be like we saw with stocks? where you know you have this race to zero in the commission world to which i guess i would respond well we all learned earlier this year with robin hood that you don't need to charge commissions to make a lot of money in this business if you're in the middle right that's right so it could very well be that if they are i mean they compete you know tooth and nail with what gemini is another one out there and the winklevoss brothers and there's um there's also binance and there's some others and of course, you know, you can now do, you, know, you can buy some crypto, I think on Robinhood. I think that's where you'd have to go to get Dogecoin. I think I don't, I, like you said, it's not in Coinbase. Um, so I, 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 there, you, you do have to make some assumptions, right? You have to assume that cryptocurrency is continuing, is going to continue to be something people want to own, right? Um, but I tell you, Joe, and yours, you know, it's for the younger generation, maybe like but my generation, I don't know. I'm like one of my only people in the friend group that actually owns cryptocurrency. So I think there's a lot of people out there who still don't have cryptocurrency, um, especially within maybe that, you know, Gen X and up age yep, group. For sure. Yeah. It's, it's one of those, it's one of those interesting things. Like I, I'm far from an expert. I mean, I, I'll be completely honest. I don't, I don't know Jack about, <laughs> about cryptocurrency and I'd be lying if I said that I did. So I just want to, I just want to say that up front. Um, definitely don't, <laughs> don't take my advice. Um, I'm definitely, you know, we're, we're both definitely more stock people. Uh, but that said, I, I would say probably 
half the people I know who invest have have or have had some sort of cryptocurrency position. I personally have a cryptocurrency position. I had I had bought uh, back in like the the first kind of bubble phase in twenty. I guess it would have been twenty seventeen. I bought a couple of Litecoin, which is considered a Bitcoin alternative, uh, one of the more popular ones, but certainly no, no Bitcoin. And that went on a very nice price surge this week. And so I actually, instead of selling it, I, I transferred it into an equal value of Bitcoin. So I now own like 0. 0.00, maybe another 0. 0.8 of a Bitcoin. Um, and I figure I'll... I'll ride it out for a little while and see what happens from, you know, see, see how all of these crazy predictions pan out, at least for the summer. Uh, it'll be, it'll be fun to watch. Yeah. I, I mean, I started my crypto experiment. Anybody who follows me on Twitter has probably seen me post about my crypto experiment. I think I started that earlier this year, just based on, you know, so many people that I was interacting with on FinTwit, but also based on the class that I teach how to talk stocks and how many of my students were interested in cryptocurrency and asking me and I felt like the best way for me to be able to provide them with some insight was to actually explore the platform and, and try doing it myself just to see what it's like and you know <laughs> I've actually built up a pretty good stake in a few of these now um, and it's literally this is just trend following this is just chart reading for me um, Bitcoin obviously um, actually my biggest position is Ethereum which I think we talked about Ethereum in the past on uh, on the show when we were talking about um, non-fungible tokens and you yep. know trying to figure out how you enable transactions through blockchain and cryptocurrency and then i also own a little bit of litecoin and uh i'm up about i'm up at all three positions at this point uh i think i'm actually up the most on litecoin but i put the least in it so <laughs> whoops but uh you know we'll, we'll take we'll take that for what it's worth and it's still an experiment phase it's a relatively small por portion of my portfolio I want to say that as of our speaking today, it's only about 1% total of my net worth, um, maybe even less than that. Um, but it's but it's growing. I am averaging up. I just bought some Bitcoin again last night above 60,000. I promised myself that I would continue to average up and 60,000 had been a place where it had continued to stall. So what I told myself is, oh, we'll see it go over 60,000. We'll see it settle down a little bit and I'll take some more. So that's what happened. I got to 65,000, dropped back down to about 63,000. I've added a little bit more through my Coinbase account. Um, setting, it's interesting going back to Coinbase for a second. What's interesting is just how difficult it is to get onboarded. Um, yeah, with, I don't really remember because I, I would have done it like over three years ago now. So it, it's also totally possible that it's changed completely. So what what was your experience? It's it's well, I would say that Coinbase and Gemini were both easier than Binance. Uh, I gave up on Binance. I think um, I had tried Binance, too. I, I think it was Binance. And I, I had I had the same issue. I just remember like not being able to get my account activated for some reason. Yeah, and it felt something about it felt sketchy as I was going through the onboard. Yeah. I felt like I was giving giving the keys to my castle to some foreign entity. So I was like, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stick with Coinbase and Gemini for now. Both of those onboarding processes went a little bit smoother because they actually use a company that isn't public yet called Plaid that allows you to it basically connect very quickly um, your financial information to those platforms. I still had to go through though this verification process to be able to trade meaningful size um, and to be able to transfer money in and meaning money out. Coinbase was much faster on that. It took me weeks, but it was 
probably half the time it took me for Gemini to get verified on those platforms. So it is an interesting process. It's not like you can just, uh, on those platforms anyways, uh, really just open up these accounts and start trading in, in massive size, uh, which I think is probably a good thing because you know having, having some circuit breakers on as we're seeing now with a lot of these highly speculative speculative stocks, these these pre-revenue SPACs and stuff that have been beaten up pretty hard in the last three months. Um, having some circuit breakers that maybe slow people down from just chasing whatever's hot um, because other people have talked about it might not be a bad thing. But right. it is, Coinbase is an interesting business. I don't own it right now, Joe. I don't know if you bought any the other day on the opening. Um, I didn't. Okay, yeah, and I got a lot of questions about it in the, uh, in the classes I taught this week. Um, a few students had bought it. I pulled up a bunch of IPO charts for uh, the class and viewers and listeners, you might wanna do that when you get home or get to a terminal where you can actually pull up some charts. But you know, look at the first month or two of a lot of these. Joe mentioned Snowflake, which is a little bit of an outlier, but you can still see over time. Uh, Airbnb, Uber, um, Roblox, um, Bumble, pull up some of these IPOs that have been pretty successful or have just, were pretty big and people were aware of. One of the things you'll notice, Joe, is that almost all of them pull back to the IPO price or at least the first day trading price or undercut. And I think I've seen some research in the past that says about 80%, 70 to 80% of all IPOs will do that. So I think you can be a little patient. You don't need to be chasing this necessarily. Um, and that's going to be my strategy. I, I can see owning it in my growth portfolio, um, but I, I, I haven't pulled the trigger on it yet. Yeah, same same here. Uh, I've made a couple of pretty foolish mistakes on IPOs in the past, so I tend to avoid them, uh, just because I'm I'm a lot I'm a lot more cautious with my assets than probably most people my age, which is why I don't have a gigantic position in Bitcoin as well. Um, I think that said, I think that Coinbase is a is a very good company. I think they're I think they will continue to grow just meteorically. And I I think that if they can if they can maintain that level of profitability, it won't be long before I will be investing in it. But you know, that's still probably at least one to two months out as the price just kind of stabilizes. Cause today, I mean, it's up. It's up five percent, but that's off of a peak of what is this four twenty seven? Is that possible? Four twenty nine, yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah. On whatever day it opened, so the days are all a blur now. Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, and, and you know, I think this is probably a good insert actually to talk a little bit about the research and the way the scores go because you know we run these scores uh, continuously, but a number of the components. Um, rely on history. Right. So the seasonality component, the long-term money flow component, the earnings beats history component. So sometimes I'll get asked by people, why do these SPACs or these, these IPOs, why don't they score better in your research? Just to head that off the pass, that's why. That's why. Because the, the score is going to get better over time. So the more information that we have to digest in our machine, the better the output will be from the machine. So just as the nature of the beast, IPOs and those kind of things are punished in our research. And I haven't minded that historically because as I've cited the research prior, 70, 80% of IPOs at some point usually come back down, roll back down and then end up going. So 
Um, I, I, this has been kind of an abnormal year in that a lot of these IPOs and SPACs went on to double and triple and put up these crazy, crazy numbers. So anyways, I just wanted to insert that there for listeners who are also subscribers, free link below, um, you know, <laughs> to, uh, to have a little bit of understanding of what, why those score the way they, they, they do in the model. Yeah, Todd, just to, just to wrap up, does, does Coinbase have a score in the research yet or is it too early? Too early. We'll so how it. long will it be? We'll, we'll try to get that into the system by the end of the month, um, okay. but the scores are going to be pretty low and pretty sloppy for a little bit because we got to get a little bit more history. This podcast is brought to you by MyScoreIQ. MyScoreIQ services are here to help you be prepared when it comes to making big financial decisions, such as buying or refinancing your home or purchasing that new car. Try it out for only $1 for a seven-day trial. You'll receive your FICO scores from all three major credit bureaus, along with active credit report monitoring and alerts for changes to your credit report and possible suspicious activity. My Score IQ services can help you be in the best position possible when you take that step to apply for a home or auto loan, all for $1 for a seven-day trial. Visit MyScoreIQ.com forward slash Todd to learn more. That's MyScoreIQ com forward slash Todd. Um, so I, I want to follow up on our uh, Coinbase discussion from last week. So it seems like after after the price had kind of started to had really started off just plummeting at first, that it's it may be bottoming out now. Um, so we're recording this Friday at 1 p.m. And yeah, at the moment, it's up slightly. So curious to hear what you think about that, Todd. Are we, are we getting to, are we getting to a, a trough here or is there more, more left to run down? Yeah, if listeners didn't uh, tune into last week's episode uh, where we talked a little bit more in depth about Coinbase, really ought to, because in that episode, we talked a little bit about those IPO, the IPO data where, you know, so many, I think it's 80%. Uh, of IPOs, new listings undercut um, their their I you know their their first day trading price, and sure enough, we've seen that with Coinbase. And I mean that was there was one of the main reasons that you know if you can't get allocated, if your account size isn't big enough to get allocated, or you have a direct listing situation like Coinbase, you're probably best off just walking away that first day and just saying, yep, let it trade where it's going to trade, and then I'll come back and I'll revisit it some of the time. Um, you know, you see this with Coinbase right now where you've had the stock go as high as 400 and wow, 420, 427. Um, and now trading at 294, that myst mystical reference price that they had said uh, 250 that still, you know, hasn't, hasn't touched, you know, um, and I probably wouldn't pay much attention to that. So I, I guess that, you know, if you look at some other stocks that have IPO and you look at Airbnb, for example, and you can see Joe, that IPO day spike, we're looking, if you're uh, listening on Spotify, we also post these on YouTube and you can just find us on YouTube by uh, searching for Limelight Alpha Talking Stocks. You'll be able to track to see these charts that I'm showing on the screen right now. But anyways, you see that first day spike, and then of course it retreats over the course of the next oh I don't know, looks like about five days or so. Five days, yeah, roughly five days or so, and then you get that big rally up. And I think that you know I wouldn't 
I think that we could be getting, we could get similar action there because you saw a really big sell-off this past week in Bitcoin itself. And I'm looking at the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust right now, which is GBTC is is the ticker symbol. And you can see how this got up to 55 or so on this recent rally, which was about a 63,000 print on um, Bitcoin itself. And then we've retreated since then to about 40, which is what, uh, 10, 15, you know, a good solid 20 plus percent uh, retreat from the high. And you're at the bottom end of this channel. And I actually, today I went out and I just, you know, I do this crypto experiment where I'm just sort of building up a little bit of exposure to some different cryptocurrencies to sort of get a feel for how they trade and how they act. And uh, I went out today and actually bought some of this in my IRA. Um, so I don't have to worry about any tax consequences. Um, so again, the, I bought a little bit of the GBTC earlier today, just to see if we hold this part of the channel. Theoretically, coin could, if Bitcoin finds its footing, coin may also find its footing. I mean, it's kind of silly to think that because, you know, they're going to make money on transactions in and out right now. That's the way their business is set up. A lot of their money is coming from commissions on those. So they are making commissions just from the increased activity of people selling. But I think that just in people's minds, they may perception-wise be maybe saying, oh, Bitcoin down, bad, Coinbase down, bad. You know what I'm saying? So if one of those can find their footing, then maybe that's a positive for Coinbase. So I, yeah, I mean, I'm interested in Coinbase uh, right around here and then maybe put a, um, a stop loss underneath it that's not too far below in case you get stopped out, you can always go back and buy it again a little further down. I mean, there's no commissions to trade anymore. Yeah, that's the that's the beautiful thing about about the world we live in. Personally, yeah, so I you can use... control your risk relatively easily, and yeah, or, or just can like I mostly, Joe. We've talked about this in prior shows. I mostly control my risk by position sizing, right? Yep. Uh, by not al- over allocating to one individual stock. Like maybe my my target allocation on Coinbase is only going to be two to three percent. So maybe what I would do is I'd take a swing here uh, with maybe a third of that see how it behaves from here and then going into second, third, and then finally a, th- a final third or, or whatever, depending on how the, how it trades. Yeah. Personally, I'd be looking to get in at a, at once it breaks past 300 again, just to, just to kind of be sure that it can rally a little bit. Um, and then you were, you mentioned the stop loss. Personally, I'd put that in maybe two, no lower than 250, probably 275. 